0: Welcome to another edition of the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Podcast. We talk about hoops. We always have some great guests. Thanks to my co-host, Chris Dortch, who is with me again this week. Chris, what's going on?
1: Hey, man, I thought of you this morning. uh, I was listening to one of my new favorite podcasts. I actually listened to it a year ago. It's about country music, and I'm not a huge country music fan, or at least not today's, but it's called Cocaine and Rhinestones, and it's done by Taylor Mahan Co., And he was talking about WSM. Oh, yeah? I remember you telling me that you started out there. What was it like uh, working for such a historic place, especially so early in your career?
0: Yeah, um, you know, out of college, worked in in Bowling Green for a few years, and then I moved to Nashville in 1998. and, And I worked at WSM and the sister station, WTN, from 98 until 2004. And uh, it, it was really special to be there, and because you know you could you could feel kind of the, the heritage of, of that radio station, uh, you know the the big fifty thousand watt tower, and you know it's the, the tower is right off I sixty five in Brentwood. It's a it, it's a it's a very unique radio transmitter. I think it's called a, a Blaunox transmitter. There there are only like three of them in the world, but. Uh, to be wow. on that, to be on that station and to, to kind of feel like I'm a little bit of you know just a really small part of the the history there is really cool. Um, I, I got to know you know some of the legendary voices on there. I, I did uh, news on the show that that Harold Hensley did in the afternoon, which uh, Harold was one of the all time great country uh, DJs. Uh, worked with him and Keith Bilbrey and and Bill Cody, who I who's still there and and who I, I consider as talented as any radio broadcaster I've ever been around. Uh, but wow. to be, you know, to be on the air with those guys and uh, just to get to know them and sort of walk around there, and you, you never knew who you're going to see in the hallways. Uh, it was just really neat to be there. Kyle Cantrell is another of my favorite people that that worked there, and I, I still see him around Mount Juliet sometimes. He he is an absolute authority. He and, and Eddie Stubbs too, uh, who I know, uh, they're they're yeah. authorities on old time country music. And when the Country Music Hall of Fame opened, um, and it's probably been 20 years ago now. They they let us go, you know, for anybody from the radio station that wanted to go and kind of have a sneak preview tour of it, we could go. Yeah. So I, I went and I walked through the Country Music Hall of Fame with Harold Hensley and Keith Bilbrey and – uh they had that's stories cool. for everything, and it, it was awesome. That, that was one of the neatest experiences. So
1: I love that place anyway. Yeah, but, it's uh, it's
0: really cool. Like like you say, you you don't have to be the biggest country music fan in the whole world to appreciate what all is in there, and and sure. the history of the music and, and a station like WSM. So yeah, it, well, it, 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 it was. It
1: concrete, it, we wouldn't have rock and roll. That's so. right.
0: Yeah it, yeah, it was just a such a neat experience to be part of that.
1: That's cool. Well, I, yeah, I just was listening to this podcast. Our uh, our friend Rick Bird loves it. He's a big oh, yeah. music fan, so uh, had to ask you about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't mean to get too far off the beaten path. <laughs> yeah, but...
0: yeah, sorry for the uh, long winded answer there, but uh
1: no, no, I, I, I got I, rolling. I enjoyed it. I, <laughs> I didn't really know that much about your your experience at WSM, but that's, I mean, you walked in the in the trail of giants there. Yep.
0: Well, as far as hoops, which is uh, what we do on our podcast. Uh, Let's talk about the the transfer recruiting rankings. What what have you found out there as as you've uh, discussed in the newsletter?
1: Well, uh, I found out that uh, uh, Chris Beard was our. We rated coaching hirings to date, and a couple of weeks ago, and he was our number one coach. And uh, I think uh, he's proven why he's really kind of gathered the number one. Uh, transfer class, which you really kind of have to rank now. Mm -hmm. Uh, CBS Sports and ESPN both do that, but he was able to get some really good players. A a kid named Timmy Allen from Utah, a kid named Christian Bishop uh, from Creighton. Uh, They'll plug right in and play. Dylan DeSue, as you know, uh, comes from Vanderbilt. Uh, He's a player, uh, led the league, the SEC in rebounding, and then they also got another uh, expat from the SEC and Devin Askew. So uh, he's really fortified his, his lineup and has really burst into the preseason top 25. What I also found out, and and this, this would, would seem like a regional bias, and I swear it's not, hmm. but I ranked classes that had three or more and classes that had two or fewer. And there were eight SEC teams ranked in total four in the three or more and four in the two or fewer so the SEC has really I I don't know they've been able to rack up some transfers I'm not saying that other schools haven't I mean obviously Texas has done so Maryland has had a great year in the portal Uh, but uh, the SEC has kind of dominated the portal
0: Where do you think Marcus Carr, the uh, the point guard from Minnesota, ends up? He, he seems to be the, the top-ranked player that who is still out there.
1: Boy, that's a good question. The The easy answer would be uh, uh, you know, anywhere that, that Ed Conroy goes. <laughs> and we know that he's at Vanderbilt now, yeah. and that's the reason Liam, Liam Robbins transferred there. But I don't know if that's true. I, I, from what I understand, he's – Marcus is, uh, you know, having a brief dalliance, maybe more than brief with the NBA draft. And if he doesn't end up there, uh, Kentucky just lost this kid, Nolan Hickman, uh, a five-star point guard who, no offense to Kentucky, he, the kid just uh, wanted to be closer to home after the after the, this whole pandemic thing. And I get that. And so they need a point guard. And, and Kentucky would be a spot that, that I would think, you know, would definitely have a chance. But I, he's loyal to Ed Conroy. So, you know, he, Vandy needs one, too, after Scottie sure. Pippen, Jr. Uh, went into the uh, draft. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends
0: up. Sports.com is out with its top 25 and one rankings. And, uh, you know, offseason rankings are what they are. UCLA, Gonzaga, Villanova, Alabama, Ohio State, they're the top five, then Michigan, Duke, Baylor, Kansas, and Arkansas. that sound about right to you?
1: It does, and I'll tell you what, man. Mick Cronin, people thought, people were unimpressed with his hire. You know, uh, UCLA had tried for a couple of others, including Rick Barnes, didn't work out. They hired Mick Cronin, and it turns out, what most of us knew who know ball and follow it, the man can coach. Mm-hmm. And the difference between being at UCLA and being at Cincinnati is he can get better players. So if Johnny Juzang chooses not to enter the NBA draft, they will have every significant player back. Plus Chris Smith, who was their best player uh, and it was lost for the season with a knee injury. Plus Miles Johnson, uh, the, S- the Seton Hall transfer Rutgers transfer who averaged two blocks and about eight boards, uh, and then I think they signed a five-star guard. So they're my preseason number one, and I like that. And you might say, well, Gonzaga took a beating as, as far as personnel loss, but they also gained a bunch too. So yeah. I think I think they're going to those two at one and two. I really like the rest. You can probably throw a blanket over them. I saw one. I think it was ESPN that that said. Uh, Jeff Berzello uh, rated Tennessee number four huh. uh, after the recruiting bonanza they, they had last month. So it's hard to say. I mean, I usually make my decisions once June gets here and the coaches start working and with their kids and they see what they've got. What's uncanny about Blue Ribbon, Kevin, as you know, we talk to every coach. Sure. And they're yeah. r- remarkably candid with us. Even though they know that other coaches buy blue ribbon to scout against them, they are remarkably candid. So um, it, I, I think I, I like that top 25 plus one so far, but my, my thing would be Tennessee, I think, is better than, than what uh, CBS has got them listed.
0: Matt Norlander uh, wrote about some of the potential rule changes being considered, and uh, the ones he thinks that that will definitely be approved are laptops and tablets to be available for coaches in the bench area for, for coaching use. And also uh, an updated interpretation of traveling to include the Euro step, spin moves, and step backs. Those things make sense to me. I'm cool with those. Uh, Talking about, you know, for maybe the NIT to try out the two-timeout limit with under two minutes to go, just to try to speed up the end of games. Also maybe uh, change the uh, offensive basket interference rules to be more like the FIBO rule of of a live ball once the ball touches the rim. It'll be interesting to see how those things go. And then you got the uh, debates on, on resetting fouls at the uh, ten-minute mark of each half, uh, double bonus on the fifth foul with no more one and one. I, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, a modified six foul rule, maybe to allow players for three fouls per half, or maybe just go straight to uh, to six fouls instead of five. So, uh, some some interesting debates on the uh, the the foul situations and potential rule changes there.
1: Yeah, there really is. Uh, one of the, the deals is you would get three fouls per half and you'd be disqualified if you had four. But what if a player didn't commit any in the, in the first half and and got four and he was done uh, yep. in the second half? I, I don't like that. The, the rule is you know obviously designed for people to, to see uh, the best players uh, on the court longer. I'm a fan of five. Uh, I I believe that, that if you widen the lane and get rid of some of the rough play in the post, uh, you're not going to need that sixth foul anyway. So that's just me, but I like what Tad Boyle says in, in the article. Uh, you know, I've known Tad for a long time and I think he's one of the smartest guys in coaching. He just says that any decision, it shouldn't be opinionated. It should be data driven like that two timeout rule. Mm -hmm. He says, if it saves us three minutes at the end of games, that's significant. If it saves us 30 seconds, why bother? Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I'm a big fan of data and that's why I like, I'm actually working on a story for our newsletter uh, about the Southern conference experimenting with the three point goal. Uh, Hard to believe, but that started. The first one was made by Ronnie Carr in November, 1980. Wow. And, And, uh, they experimented with it. And the NCAA took that data. And in 1986 made the, the shot a permanent uh, part of the game. And I think it's changed it. I wasn't a fan at first. If you're like me, you go back a ways. You remember the ABA. I kind of thought it was a circus play, but I quickly, quickly changed my mind. I love the three-pointer. And so That was initiated with experimentation and data. And I don't think any rule changes, except these these two that you mentioned, the laptops and the tweaking the travel. I'm fine with that. Uh, You know, I I, I think that players are getting screwed uh, on spin moves and step backs. Kids have gotten so quick and so athletic and so fast uh that you know the human eye can't necessarily i'm not blaming officials just can't (laughs) keep up with it yeah so i'm good with the laptops and the the travel uh the the laptops could actually improve the uh, i I think the the caliber of play because with video so sophisticated you could literally on the bench show a kid what he's doing wrong and there's no trainer like video i don't think At least that's what I think for my golf swing. I'm telling myself that
0: anyway. <laughs> right. Um, as you know on on the fouls I I don't know how I uh, come down on that. I hate seeing guys get too quick fouls and you maybe you get a cheap one on on a guy flopping and you get a charge call and you have to come out of the game, you know, 5 minutes into a game. I hate that that you don't get to see the best players for a longer period of time. On the flip side of that, if you give everybody six fouls, are we just going to see more fouls? I asked the coach about this. In fact, it's been several years ago. I said, you know, if you gave teams, uh, give players a six foul, w- would it help or would it just lead to more fouls? And the coach replied, it would probably just lead to more fouls. And and that's oh, been yeah. shown when the Big East tried it. You know, uh, what? But twenty years yeah, ago,
1: ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, and it, it was, was just a, slug, a slugfest.
0: Right, it was a slugfest. That's exactly yeah. right. So I, I don't know if that helps or not. I do not. I'm not a big fan of the resetting fouls of the 10-minute mark of each half. Uh, Women's basketball uses a quarter system, and pretty much every other sort of basketball does too, except for men's college basketball. But the the problem with that for me is you get double bonus on the fifth foul. There's no more one-and-one. The one-and-one to me is a key part of basketball because the pressure to hit that first free throw in in a tight game at the end is really a key element of basketball to me. And I I don't like getting rid of that. I would like to see that stay. I have a feeling at some point down the road that that will probably change, probably will go to quarters and a double bonus in the fifth foul. But I'd like to keep that as long as you can as far as the one-and-one.
1: I think it'll be a while. Um, Matt Norlander pointed out that so many contracts, uh, television contracts are staggered. It's not like the NFL that awards everything on one day, you know, And so he thinks it should be a generation before that's all sorted out because there's no way they're going to go to quarters right now because it, it all has to do with the almighty advertising dollar. And I'm good with that. I'll watch my share of, of stupid Capital One commercials to, to get plenty of NCAA tournament.
0: Chris, the, uh, the name image likeness – rules and and changes there are going to be something really interesting to watch for not just college basketball but all of uh, college athletics what are you seeing there and and, uh maybe one program and school that's uh trying to stay ahead of the curve as far as helping students and and athletes figure out what they need to do on this whole thing
1: well alabama just announced one they call it the advantage and according to what uh the, the release said uh it's going to help educate and assist student athletes uh, with and give them tools to build and elevate their brands. Uh, It's going to focus on uh, social media platforms. And what I like about it, it it includes education on financial literacy. Now, if there's one thing uh, that I think, and don't get me started on this soapbox, but I think as a nation, uh, our kids should be taught personal finance in high school. Some maybe do, but if that were done more widely, man, the billions you could save on bankruptcies, uh, you know, just how to balance a checkbook and, and uh, avoid predato- predatory lenders. And that's what this Alabama program seeks to do is, okay, you got this dough in your pocket, you know, don't let people take it from you. Uh, or don't do something stupid with it, and and, and buy you know a, a car that you don't need, or or a, a bunch of video games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Put it away and 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 save it for when you really do need it. And a lot of a lot of kids, you know, they're kids. I'm not casting aspersions on them, uh, other than the fact that they just have not been taught on on how to handle their money. So I've long thought, and this goes back, Kevin uh, to 2009 blue ribbon worked uh, with EA sports on their basketball game. And I honestly really wasn't very comfortable with it at all because our job was to help them write the programs. And they literally went down to the nth degree of player descriptions, Hmm. actual players, Okay, down to their skin color or tone, their their length of their hair, uh, all their size and and their athletic ability, their shooting ability. We had to provide that. And I didn't like that uh, because obviously the players, it's not like Madden's NFL. The players aren't getting a a cut. So obviously uh, that is no longer the case. Uh, Who was the UCLA player that? Sort of broke. Ed, curt Ed O'Bannon, yeah, and, and and I think I think now I I like the name, image, and likeness. Uh, I, I like that, and 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 I like the full scholarship and everything else that comes with it. Uh, anything else? I, I think you, you might as well just call them pros then. Uh, I, and I wouldn't be in in favor of anything, but but a guy should be able to. Uh, Peyton Manning never got a nickel for his name on the back of the jillions of jerseys that Tennessee sold back in the day. If that were to happen now, he would. So yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, but, but I think in, in fairness, you know, the colleges uh, have to take all the risk and, and, and most of them operate uh, in the red anyway. So uh but I am a fan of this. I think it gives, uh, it's fair for for the colleges and it's fair for, for the athletes. And l- this plan like Alabama is offering, if, if they can help kids uh, with their name, image, and likeness to include social and, you know, whatever, uh, jersey sales, whatever it might be. But if you couple that with, education, what am I going to do with a hundred grand? Right. You know, what if you're Alabama's star running back and, and all of a sudden you've got six figures in your pocket? Well, they're going to teach you what to do with it. And you know, if you invest, that, that's what people just don't get. If, if you can just invest your money and just forget about it. And then, you know, years later, you're going to be rich. Uh, that's just how the stocks work over time from the great depression to now they've returned, I think an average of 12%. So if you teach kids this and teach them how to capitalize on their name, image and likeness, we're making progress. Yeah. We really are. And several States have, have signed this into law. So uh, it's here to stay. And and I think the, the student athletes deserve it.
0: Yeah, I really don't have any problem with it either. Like if if somebody wants to go make a few bucks signing some autographs on the side, I, I don't really see what the problem is with that. You know, I, I, the downside of it is, is figuring out a way to police it to where stuff right. isn't getting totally out of hand. But, you know, and I think what you're saying about teaching financial responsibility and planning and those things, that's a great idea, too, because, you know, for for athletes and, and, and I certainly never had this problem, but uh, you, you make. You know, if you're a really good athlete and you play pro, you're going to make a bunch of money on the front end. But you got to keep in mind, too, that it, it, your career span is very short, and you got to have a whole right. lot of life left to live after you're done playing and making that kind of money. And if you play your cards right, you can set yourself up for a long, long time. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think that is a very good thing to, uh, to teach uh, young people that responsibility and, and how to plan ahead. Chris, always uh, oh, great to do the podcast with you, and uh, definitely we'll, we'll do it again next time.
1: I'm looking forward to it. We've got some cool ideas coming up, so uh, stay tuned.
0: That's right, and uh, we hope to have uh, two podcasts a month through the offseason, so uh, make sure you stay tuned and uh, check out everything going on with Blue Ribbon. He's Chris Dortch. I'm Kevin Ingram. This is the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Podcast, and we will talk to you next time.